Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. Why Jesus? Did you ever find yourself in a situation where you weren't sure what was going to happen, you were afraid, you were in pain, uh, just a really bad situation, and unexpectedly, someone showed up. Ever happened to you? You know, I, I've, I've told a lot of stories about my life with Lynn, that's my, my wife, uh, and, and I, one came to me this week that in 21 years of being at this church, I've never told, and I thought, man, I got to tell this story because I think it makes sense. Sometimes, sometimes God will just awaken you to things, and, and, uh, and I really think that it came to mind because I think it comes to bear this week. And, and it goes back a long time. Lynn and, I, Lynn and I dated when we were in high school. I've told the story before. We dated when we were in high school. I fell madly in love with her. She didn't immediately catch on to what a catch I was. <laughs> and... And, and I've been in the relationship about six months longer than she has. But, but that's, that's another story for another day. But, but we did get back together. After, she went to college, and I went on the road and played rock and roll. So we got back together as we were kind of more grown up. And we started dating again, and boy, it, the, you know, it, it revived the, the fire. And, and I was just so in love with her and re-falling in love with her and hoping she was in me. This was about uh, summer of 1976. That's how old I am. She's not that old, but... Uh, uh, actually, she is. She, she's actually five weeks older than me. I don't know if she's in here or not. She's watching at home if she's not here, and she, I'll, I'll hear about that later. Anyway, it's okay. Um, I had my wisdom teeth out, and, I, uh, and, and my, my wisdom teeth, I don't know what I did to deserve it, but they were so impacted. It was one of those deals where the dentist, you know, called other dentists in from their practice. Hey, you got to see this guy's wisdom teeth. These, they're up in his brain somewhere, you know, and they had to get one of those things that they brushed up sidewalks with. They rented one of those from Ready Rentals, and he put that thing in there. So, so I had to go to the UT hospital. I'd check in that night, and... Um, uh, and then the surgery was going to be the next morning to get him out. And so I did. And, you know, and it's, it's scary to be in the hospital. Um, but I, you know, made it th- through the evening and, and got up the next morning and for early. And we had this surgery. It took over an hour for him to get him out. But he did. And, uh, and <laughs> it's one of those situations where the doctor tells you, now, when you wake up in the recovery room, you may be a little uncomfortable. Yeah, a little uncomfortable. He just dug four holes in your head. And yeah, yeah, a little uncomfortable for sure. You're, you know, I was looked like a chipmunk and uh, bleed still. It's, it's still bleeding. It was just awful. So I got, got me back to the room. And I, my mom would typically have been there in a situation like that. But she, there was something going on and she might have been out of town. But it, it, she wasn't. But I saw, in, as I was laying on the bed sort of trying to shake off the anesthesia, I saw this shadow coming toward the door and I thought is that mom and Lynn walked in 
And Lynn knew I was having the surgery, but we didn't really talk that much about it. And Lynn walked in, and she had Mayfield Classic Vanilla Ice Cream, which I love so much. And so here I am laying in this bed, and, you know, I'm just really a mess. All puffy, my mouth's all puffy. And Lynn, totally unexpectedly, walks in, and she smiles and puts down the ice cream, and she leans over the bed, and she kisses me right on the lips. And I'm thinking, ugh, I know what I look like. But she did. And, and in that moment, I saw this, I saw this vision of, of her loving me that I'd, I'd never imagined before. I never imagined that she could love me like that. We, were, we loved each other as kids, and now we're grown-ups. And she came to me uh, in, in my hospital room, swollen and bloody and bleh, and kissed me right on the lips. And I thought, you know... This is, not, this is not so bad. I think we can get through this. And, and, and it changed everything. Just in that moment, she changed my reality. I was still hurting. And it was still going to be a little bit of a recovery to get past it. But it didn't matter. Because Lynn showed up. And in that moment, love showed up. And it changed everything. And as we continue our sermon series, Why Jesus? That's what I want to lift up, just pretty much simply that this morning. Jesus came to us, and when Jesus came to us, love showed up. Why Jesus? Because he's Emmanuel. You know, we sing that this time of the year, Emmanuel. What does that mean? Well, in the Hebrew, roughly, and it's, an, it's actually from the Hebrew, from the Old Testament. We'll talk about that in a minute. It means God with us. But if I were to ever write a version of the Bible, an interpretation, it would be called the nearly revised standard version, and no one would buy it. But I would have my own interpretation of what Emmanuel means. And what it means is God showed up. Simple as that. And when God shows up, Love shows up, and not just any love, but perfect love. In fact, when love shows up, fear goes away. And I know that there are people in the room and watching online this morning that are afraid. Now, many of us have anxiety, and anxiety is just this sense, this feeling of fear that you can't pinpoint. And, that, and that's a pretty good definition for it. But I know many of us are also afraid of certain things, and we're afraid of what's going on at work, or we're afraid of what's happening at school, or we're afraid of what's going on in a relationship, or we're afraid of what's going on with our body, and maybe, maybe we have some issues that we're not sure how they're going to turn out. When love shows up, fear goes away because perfect love casts out fear. And don't just take my word for that. I mean, it's all through this narrative of the birth of Jesus. In this version that we're going to go back and read a little bit of this morning from Matthew, which focuses on Joseph, and there's a reason for that. And, and in Luke's version, which focuses on Mary, you know, with each of those, with Matthew and with Mary, they both had situations that were stunning to them. Situations, and we'll talk about it in a minute, that, that scared both of them out of their minds. But in each case, an angel, this representative of God, came to them 
And what was this sentence that the, that the angel said to each of them that really is the key to this whole Jesus narrative? Because this didn't have to happen. Joseph could have said, uh-uh, I'm out. Mary could have said, I'm going to what? Have a bet? What? No, 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 no. No, I'm not going there. But they didn't. And you know why? Because of what the angel said to them. Do not be afraid. Well, okay, yeah, that, that sounds really good, preacher. Just tell me not to be afraid, and that takes care of everything. Well, I know that it doesn't. But the, the point of it is, it's, it's what God, God tells us. God's love takes away that fear. And, and when we hear God say it to us, which we can all through the scriptures, and in fact, the very fact that Jesus was born at all is God saying to us, okay, I'm going to show up and you don't have to be afraid. We can hang on that. Jesus is the fullness, the length, the breadth, the depth, the width. He is, he is God in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger, as the Bible says. And when Jesus was born, love showed up on this planet in a way that had never been experienced before and can only be experienced now through an encounter with Jesus. And so I want to talk about that for a little bit this morning. I want to dig into Emmanuel a little bit to make sure we understand what that tells us and what it doesn't tell us. So let's read from Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 through 25. We read 18 through 21 last week, and we're going to go back and touch on that uh, because it's important to, to make sure we understand how this all happened. But let's read this part. This really, this is the Emmanuel part. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, because he, he had been sleeping, he had this dream, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded him to do and took Mary home as his wife. He did not consummate the marriage until she gave birth to a son, and she gave him the name Jesus. So, it's funny when you can read a passage over and over and over, and I've been preaching for almost 30 years now and studied the Bible some even before that. And you've, we've all heard and read these passages before, but it's funny how things jump out at you, and that's the Holy Spirit at work with all of us as we read God's Word. That's why it's one of the things the Spirit does is interpret for us. And you know, I was reading it this week. You know, it jumped out at me. God with us. God with us. God came down. God is here. Love showed up. God showed up. Here's the question. Why? I mean, he sent prophet after prophet. God could have done anything God wanted to do to get the point across. Why is God with us? Why did God show up? I think it's a reasonable question. And some people would answer it differently. There were, I haven't seen one lately, but at one period of time, there were all these billboards popping up around the country. They were black billboards, and they would have one sentence on it, and it would be attributed to God. And there were a bunch of different statements, but the one that was the most clever and would always make me chuckle uh, which, by the way, was the, and I'm going to tell you in a minute, I'm going to burst all of our bubbles, that it was absolutely theologically bankrupt. But we'll get to that. But it was the one that said, don't make me come down there. 
God. Did you ever see that? You ever see that? There was one here and they were all over the place. You know, you know you're in trouble when your parent, you know, when your parents said, don't make me come in your room. You know, don't make me come out in that yard. Don't make me stop this car. That was the one I always hated. You knew you're in big trouble if that threat was there. And so that was, that, was the, that was whoever sponsored these billboards putting those words in God's mouth. Don't make me come down there. Well, I, that's just wrong. It's just theologically bankrupt, as cute as it is. And I know that the, whoever sponsored those billboards was probably trying to get the point across, okay, there's too much hate. We're hating each other. We're killing each other. We need to start loving each other. We're treating each other so badly we can't sustain this. And so can you imagine God saying, don't make me come down there? But the fact is, God did come down here. Why? Not to spank us, not, not to give us a hard time, not to drag us through the fire, not to call us on the carpet. No. Why did he come? Glad you asked. John 3, 16, we all know that verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and whosoever believeth as him shall not perish but have everlasting life. You know, there's a verse right after that. You know what it says? It kind of clarifies. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So no matter how you're feeling about that, how you're feeling about your relationship with God or lack thereof. And you may be thinking, I, I, God doesn't want anything to do with me. I know where I've been. He knows where I've been. He knows who I've been and what I've said and what I've done, people I've hurt, people, things that I did, things I didn't do. He knows all about that. Why would he want anything to do with me? Because he loves you. And, and, and where, when God shows up, love shows up. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you and even to save me. And when that happened, just, just at that realization, before anything else happens, if we can allow that to penetrate all the guilt and all the shame and all the baggage that we carry around, if we could just get that to penetrate for a minute, it would, change, it would change us in that moment. It's like for the first time, maybe in forever, you're able to go, oh, oh, man, the mess I made of that relationship, the thing that I said to this person, you know, these actions that I took, this stuff I did 20 years ago that still wakes me up in the middle of the night. It's okay. I can... I can let it go because God has. He didn't come to condemn. He came to save. And in that way, when love shows up, your present is transformed. The immediate moment, the minute we allow the love of God in Jesus Christ to show up in our lives, to stop pushing it away and creating these artificial barriers because we think God couldn't love us or God is the only thing to do with this, or if he does, he's going to come down and get us. Imagine how that can just bring you a moment of deep breath and sigh and you can relax. When love shows up, your present is transformed. I mean, when the minute Lynn walked into the room and kissed my bloody, swollen face right on my lips, 
It changed. It just, it just, I relaxed. It changed. I still hurt. There was still a long way to go to get past that, but somehow I knew it would work. But it also revealed a glimpse that I had never seen before of what the future could be like with her. I never thought about that. For me, it was always in the moment. Can I just get her to love me for 15 minutes? Can I just get her to love me right now? But then I thought, maybe, maybe this could go beyond today and tomorrow. Who would have thunk it would go? I saw her come in. She's in here somewhere. Who would have thunk it would have gone on for 44 years? But it has, and that's what God will reveal to us if we'll look. Now, that doesn't mean everything will be perfect from then on and everything will turn out great. I mean, look at, let's go back and look at Joseph for a minute. Because earlier in that story, let me, read, let me read just a few verses before the part I read where the angel said, Hey, don't sweat it, Joseph. Everything's going to be okay. Well, what's everything? This is how the birth of the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. Okay. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant. What? Say what? Through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. And Joseph had himself a real dilemma. You can just imagine. You know, the angel comes and says, okay, Mary's pregnant. And what Joseph could have done was like, oh, God, oh, oh boy, oh, man, oh, gosh, what are we going to do? Okay, i got to tell my parents. Okay, we got to tell her parents. And we got to do this quietly because the people could take her out to the outskirts of town and stone her to death. That was in the law. They could have. But Joseph said, no, no, I know, I know, I know. I'll divorce her quietly. And we'll just, maybe she can go to another village and we can just move on and pretend this never happened. I mean, that would have been one response. But that wasn't what happened. Because when God, when love came and delivered this news to Joseph, completed the story, you don't have to be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she'll have a son and you're to give him the name Jesus, which means God saves. Emmanuel, and by the way, you, you, I, had a, I did a Bible study once a long time ago, and someone said, now wait a minute. Is his name Emmanuel or is it Jesus? It says they will call him Emmanuel. That's what it actually says. They will call him Emmanuel. That was his role. He came down. But his name is Jesus, and that's who he is. God saves so it's, it's both and. The answer is, which is it? Yes, it's both. And that's important that we remember that when love comes down. Love will do for us all these different things. So Joseph thought he had everything figured out. But then all of a sudden he didn't. But then love came and revealed a future he had never even thought possible. Because that's what love does when love shows up. Now, this may be an odd way to illustrate it, but I came across this story today as I was just going through news feeds, and I got to share. Uh, I got to share the story of Van Gogh with you. Let's see Van Gogh. There he is. You know why he's called Van Gogh? Take a good look. Yeah, he was born with two ears. Uh, Van Gogh uh, was a rescue uh, in North Carolina. He was he was what they call it's. 
He was a bait dog in dogfighting circles. He got him riled up and he was mauled. That's how he lost his ear, was bitten off in, in the middle of a dogfight. And he was bloodied and almost dead whenever they rescued him. And he was at this uh, vet, vet's office in North Carolina. And, and they were trying to find him a home. They'd gotten him patched up. And they were trying to find him a home. He looked terrible. And they put his picture. They had pictures of dogs that they were trying to find homes for on their website. And a woman named Joy Gartner from Bethel, Connecticut, who happened to also be in the business of rescuing animals that were, it had been abused or whatever, she, she had their website, I guess, in her, on her radar. And she saw the picture and heard the story of Van Gogh, and she said, I gotta have that dog. Look at him, look how he's beautiful, he's perfect, and I want him, and I love him. And she loved the idea of having this dog so much that her husband was a pilot. They got in a plane, they flew to North Carolina, and they took Van Gogh back to Connecticut with them, and he's just, that's, there he is now. I mean, that's what love does. Love, love changes our future. I'm sure, I'm sure that the vets probably figured, you know, nobody's going to want this dog. Everybody's going to be afraid of this dog. Apparently, he's just had this lovely person. He wasn't a fighting dog. He was bait dog. But love, love doesn't give up. God doesn't give up. Love doesn't give up. Love shows up and changes the future and change the future for Van Gogh. And love shows up and changes our future, even though... There was probably still some pain in Van Gogh's life and some stuff he had to get past, but he did. Now, imagine if love can do that for a dog, and I love dogs and I love animals, but, but we're God's crowning achievement of creation, you and me, people. And if he'll do that for animals, if love will do that for them, what, what will he do for us? Jeremiah 29 11. Some of you may have this meme saved in your pictures. It's on my computer somewhere. There was a meme of this and it's in my uh, it's in my photos somewhere on my computer. Maybe a needlepoint somewhere of it. For I know the plan. This is this is God speaking through the prophet Jeremiah to the people of Israel. What? Twenty five, six hundred years ago. For I, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, the plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Now, what you may not know about that passage, and you need to, is the context. When God had this message delivered to the people of Israel, they were about to spend 70 years in exile. So God's not a, you know, rainbows and unicorn kind of God who just says, oh, it's all going to be okay. Never mind that mess you're in. I'm going to snap my fingers and it's all going to be better. That's not what this is about. What this is about is God saying, you still have a future. I know you're suffering. I know it's hard. I know you think it's over. I know you think this relationship is never going to get better or if it, or if it doesn't, you're never going to find another relationship. Or I know you think that, that you're, you're 
academic career is over because you blew that test or you, you had a problem now you've, you've gotten laid off or fired from this job or you think you're going to or you're about to go get a test from the doctor that you think is going to be really bad or some other terrible catastrophic thing is happening in your life and you think I'm never going to get through this and what God is saying is you know what it may be tough for a while but I will be with you and I promise you you have a future it will get better and for everyone who struggles with anxiety and depression and finds himself in a place where they think it's never going to get better and I'm never going to get through this and I just don't think I can go on I am pleading with you with all my might that God will not let you go suffer alone God is saying you do have a future there is a next step you can make it another day you can take another step in your life if you will just stay focused because when love shows up your future suddenly is in sight and you have to let someone love you starting with Jesus and I know people that that are that deal with depression and anxiety and for some people that's a that's a chemical imbalance and has to be handled through medication and should be and anybody who deals with 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 ongoing depression and or anxiety needs to get professional help with that because you can and it will make a difference but you also need to remember that it's not your fault you're not being punished God didn't come to condemn you this isn't something that God is doing to try to get your attention God doesn't work that that way God wants you to receive this love from him and let him reveal for you a future a future and yes it may still be tough for a while but just knowing that God's with you in the struggle just knowing that love shows up in Jesus anytime anywhere in any situation makes it possible to hang on until that future comes in sight and you may be thinking, you know what, preacher, it all sounds good, but you don't know what I'm going through. You don't know where I am right now. And you may think that it is inconceivable that you could ever be happy again. That it's inconceivable that you could ever get past this whatever it is in your life right now. You may think that is inconceivable. You know what else? You know what else? It was inconceivable that a virgin could bear a baby. <laughs> but she did because love showed up. And when love shows up, your future all of a sudden is in sight. And let me close with this. If you think that it's inconceivable in your life that things could ever get better, that you can ever move forward, that you can ever be happy again, that you can ever get past some addiction that maybe has you in its grips, or, or some other condition, and you think there's no way. You think it's inconceivable. You know what else is inconceivable? That the God of the universe would choose to come and live with his creation in lowly means as a, a hunted, often hated, persecuted Savior who would die for every single person, including the ones that were persecuting him. When the world was hanging by a thread, Jesus was hanging on a cross. That's inconceivable. And yet, 
it's true. Why? Because love shows up. Love showed up on the cross in a way that will never be seen again. And it's up to us to grab hold this Christmas. That's my prayer. And you may be hanging by a thread. We all find ourselves this time of year hanging by a thread. And we're, and we're like an ornament that's just about to fall off the tree. And crash on the floor. God's got you. God will show up. And when God shows up, love shows up. And when love shows up, it changes our present and it reveals to us a future. Please don't ever doubt that. The proof is the cross. Let us pray. Almighty God, it is hard for us to take in, actually, that this is the way you chose to save the world, to come and be with us. But you showed up. And you're still here. By the power of your Spirit, Lord, you're all around. And your love is palpable. And we pray, O oh God, that for this Christmas we would all get a fresh vision of that love that can change our present and reveal to us a future that we thought was inconceivable. Thank you, Lord, for loving us that much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.